This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Welcome to A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk, with Rev. Jennifer Hadley, a beloved teacher of the Course, who has helped thousands learn how to express their beliefs from moment to moment in their everyday lives. Get ready to focus on your intent to be the love, be the peace, through practical application. Here is your host, Rev. Jennifer Hadley. So how good it is to join together, my beloved friend. (laughs) What a blessing. Yes, let us begin with our blessing. So I'm going to invite you to place your hand on your heart as I'm doing and open your heart, open your mind and remember that you are the love of God. Yes, we are the love of God. Oh. And it's so good to take this breath together, this breath of love and gratitude, and we center ourselves into that dynamic field of love. So we're focusing our awareness on love. We live and move and have our being in love. And right now we're putting our attention on it. We're invoking divine grace into our awareness And saying yes to the higher Holy Spirit self, the truth of our identity, the I am that I am. And we dedicate ourselves right now to listening to the Holy Spirit, the higher self, the Holy self. So we invoke that divine partnership. We partner up with the higher Holy Spirit self and we fly on the wings of the Holy Spirit. We release any attachments that we have to playing small and We find freedom in our heart and mind congruency. We're grateful and thankful to dedicate ourselves to love together. And we dedicate the benefit, the merit of our practice, the benefit of our healing and our expansion to the benefit of all beings. And how wonderful that is. In gratitude, we let it be. In joy, we say it's done. And so it is. Amen. 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 Yes. So, another week goes by, and we are, look at this, we're in fall now. (laughs) The fall equinox has passed, and we've come to the last part of 2012. And I don't know about you, but everywhere I go, I see evidence of a quickening in my heart and mind. And I see it in my friends and collaborators, the students and all the people in my life and ministry. And I bet you do too. So, you know, one of the things about this quickening, and I do think that that is a great name for it. So literally, it's like there's more light being poured into 
the field to help us see things more clearly, right? More light, more illumination. It becomes easier to identify that which no longer serves and where we can be more loving, more patient, more kind, more generous. So we're opening our hearts and our minds to this practice of love. And earlier this morning, I was just thinking that there really is a tipping point. And I I think about this all the time because I speak about it all the time in my classes, that I really felt like I reached a tipping point. So prior to the tipping point, I felt that there was a, a lot of life that was hard, a lot of life that was difficult and painful and upsetting. And so I was really challenged a lot of the time. And uh, my peace came and went. Not because peace comes and goes. Peace is eternal and infinite and unconditional. (laughs) But my mind, my attention came and went on peace, on love on joy, on the perfection and the wholeness. So my experience of peace came and went. And the tipping point came when I was truly more interested in finding and discovering and choosing the loving choice than anything else. That became my number one priority. That's when I reached the tipping point. And after that, things got so much easier. So... Prior to that, there were a few years where I was really training my mind, well, a few decades, but (laughs) a few years where I was very pointedly training my mind to identify and look for and value the more loving choice versus choosing gossip and complaining and judging and thinking I was right, and all of the things that I used to invest so heavily in. All the thoughts of lack and limitation, lack and attack, separation. So the tipping point came when the commitment in my heart was authentic. It was real and it was true, and I really was more interested in making the loving choice than anything else. And that's what made A Course in Miracles so clear to me, so easy to me. So it's interesting because there's a lesson, lesson 20, I am determined to see in the workbook. It's my page 31. And to me, it's very much about the law of cause and effect. I am determined to see, and this is a favorite lesson for many people, because we reach that point where we realize that we do not have the eyes to see and the ears to hear. Instead, our focus and our attention is on what we want. It's on getting and not having, right? So that and that's the ego thought system. The ego you know you're identified with the ego when you're thinking thoughts about wanting and getting and not having and lack and attack and limitation. You know you're aligned with the spirit when you're determined to see, when you're determined to know and to feel and to hear clearly the love of God and the loving choices, the highest and best choices. 
where, as it says in the manual for teachers, that you no longer see yourself as separate from your brothers and sisters, and you you really can feel that the highest and best for everyone is what's highest and best for you. And so you move into that space of truly valuing the unity rather than the separation. So lesson 20, I am determined to see. Uh, I love what it says here in uh, this whole lesson. It's quite beautiful. It says that in paragraph two, this is our first attempt to introduce structure. So by lesson 20, you're almost to the third week if you're doing one lesson a day. This is our first attempt to introduce, introduce structure. I do think it's kind of interesting that he says our, our first attempt. You see, there's that unity, right? Do not misconstrue it as an effort to exert force or pressure. You want salvation. You want to be happy. You want peace. You do not have them now because your mind is totally undisciplined and you cannot distinguish between joy and sorrow, pleasure and pain, love and fear. You are now learning how to tell them apart. And great indeed will be your reward. Woohoo! So, what he means there is, and I think this is so key, that if we delight in tearing others down, if we delight in trying to control and manage and manipulate our loved ones, then we're not going to have peace and happiness. We're not going to have salvation because we cannot distinguish between pleasure and pain, joy and sorrow, love and fear. We're valuing, if we're trying to control and manipulate our loved ones and we delight in that or we value that, if we value the right and reserve the right to judge, to complain, to attack, then clearly we have not been valuing peace and harmony and love and joy. And we're confused about what makes us happy, right? So this is the great thing about A Course in Miracles is we begin to realize this when we're practicing the lessons. So it says in paragraph three, your decision to see is all that vision requires. How cool is that? Your decision to see is all that vision requires. What you want is yours. So going back to we want peace, we want to be happy, we want salvation, it's already ours. But until we value it, we won't recognize it, and we won't recognize how to attain it. We won't value how to attain it. Because the only reason we don't recognize that we already have it, the kingdom is within is because we're valuing the thoughts of lack, attack, and separation, and limitation. So, your decision to see is all that vision requires. What you want is yours. Do not mistake the little effort that is asked of you for an indication that our goal is of little worth. Can the salvation of the world be a trivial purpose? And can the world be saved if you are not? God has one Son, and He is the resurrection and the life. His will is done because all power is given Him in heaven and on earth. 
in your determination to see is vision given you. So for me, part of my reaching this tipping point was the realization that I did not want to suffer anymore. And I really was interested in surrendering my whole life so that I could live in the flow of love. So that I could live in the flow of love and stop the habitual taking myself out of it and then complaining because I'm not feeling it. Right? So that was my playing small. And how I found freedom was through the dedication of my heart and mind to valuing only that which is truly valuable, which is the opportunity to give and receive love, to share love, and to release the thoughts of lack, attack, limitation, and separation. So this was very challenging for me because I so valued my right to attack. Whether I was attacking myself or someone else, doesn't matter, there's only one. So getting to the point where you're willing to decide and put that first and put that foremost, then the Holy Self, the higher self, the Holy Spirit can really assist you. It's about really learning what is valuable and what is not, which is why I always send everyone to Chapter 4, the section on trust in the Manual for Teachers. Manual for Teachers, Chapter 4, Section on Trust. This is so critical to our understanding. So I always tell people, start there. Start there. So making the decision to be one who has the eyes to see and the ears to hear means that you're clearing out all of the concretized thought, all of the density in your mind, all of the stuff that creates a drag on the system and tethers you to a limited experience of love. Right, So these are all the negative thoughts that we cherish. As soon as we really place them on the holy altar and we leave them there, (laughs) they can be lifted from us. But not until then. Not until then. So we're going to dive in deeper about how do we become the one who can see. Because getting to this, doing whatever it takes to get ourselves to this point of making this decision is greatest benefit that we can give to ourselves and this is why i constantly emphasize what worked so well for me and that is daily spiritual practice daily prayer daily prayer contemplation and all day long being willing to surrender the thoughts of lack and attack limitation and separation so i invite you we're coming to our break here i invite you during the break if you're a course of miracles fan Go to Living a Course in Miracles and sign up for the eight-week free class. This week we've got Regina Dawn Akers, and our topic this week is healing in relationships. The whole theme these eight weeks is healing. This week it's healing in relationships. So you can sign up and register for for free at livingacourseinmiracles.com. So in the meantime, I'm Jennifer Hadley, and we're walking the talk and living the love on Unity Online Radio. I'll be right back. 
Thank you for tuning in for A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk. Get ready to focus on your intent to be the love, be the peace, through practical application as we return to A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk. And so we're back, and we're talking about reaching this tipping point where it starts to get easier. Because I so distinctly remember just how painful it was for so for my whole life, practically, until I reached that tipping point. And it has been so much easier since then. And it really, the whole thing hinges on our dedication and willing, our decision to make loving choices, our decision to look for them. So one of the things I did was I really got into that partnership with the higher Holy Spirit self, with the Holy Spirit, with the I am presence, with the angels and the ascended masters, with Jesus and Mother Mary and Kuan Yin, and however you like to think of the invisible field. To me, it's all one. It's just like in the visible world of form, uh, every friend has distinction because there's personality and things like that. And working with another person, being the two or more who are gathered, is always wonderful. It's always wonderful for me when we can be the two or more who are gathered, which is why I love doing the radio show, because then we become the two or more who are gathered. We're transcending time and space in order to be in this deep, loving connection and do our practice together. So in this Lesson 20, at the end of it, it says, Repeat today's idea slowly and positively at least twice an hour today, attempting to do so every half hour. So this is why it's such a favorite lesson is we can get into that. I'm determined to see. I'm determined to see the loving choices that are always before me. I'm determined to become more interested in the loving choices than I am in all the endless opportunities to play small. That's right. Then it says, do not be distressed if you forget to do so, but make a real effort to remember. The extra repetitions should be applied to any situation, person, or event that upsets you. So when you get into a situation and you notice that irritation or frustration rising or maybe you suddenly get angry or afraid, it's all an indicator that there's a higher choice and that you are making meaning of things that does not help you. Yesterday in my blog, so um, uh, what was the date yesterday? Uh, December, no, December. <laughs> September 23rd, because you can always go back and find it at jenniferhadley.com. The subject of the blog was your glory or your story? What are you more interested in? Are you more interested in your story or your glory? This is the question. (laughs) And the story is something that you have made up. It's the meaning that you have made of the situations and circumstances of your life. Now, remember, we're the dreamer of the dream. 
and all thought produces form at some level. So we're awakening to the awareness that the thoughts that we are thinking are producing form, that we are co-creating the circumstances of our life. So if we don't like the way our life is, it's time for us to examine our thoughts and think new thoughts. Now, everyone in new thought knows this already, but not everyone lives that way. So this is the thing. For me, part of what happened when I reached that tipping point was I became dedicated and devoted. I decided to apply what I knew, which really had to do with living in alignment with an awareness of the law of cause and effect. So it says here at the bottom of lesson 20, apply the mantra I am determined to see to anything that upsets you. You can see them differently, and you will. What you desire, you will see. That's the law of projection. What you desire, you will see. Such is the real law of cause and effect as it operates in the world. So what you think about, you bring about. That's another way to think of it. But you know what happens with a lot of people in the law of cause and effect is they begin to then take it as, oh, I need to blame myself for thinking these thoughts rather than to say, oh, look. Look what I can learn. I can shift my thinking and I can shift the circumstances. How wonderful is that? Now, I'm going to invite you to tune within here with me. If you can, maybe close your eyes and tune within. And think of a situation in your life that's very challenging, where you don't like it at all. You're not happy with it. And since uh, this week in Living a Course in Miracles, we're focused on healing in relationships, why not think of a relationship that you've got? Remember, Course in Miracles says that the special relationship is the ego's best weapon. So think of a relationship that you're in, and truly the person could be living or dead, because it's all eternal. Our relationships are eternal. Think of a relationship that you have, and if there's any place in that relationship where you're feeling distress, is there a thought that you're thinking that it should be different? I would bet you that in every case where you're having distress in your relationship or anywhere in your life, you're thinking the thought it should be different. It should be different. It should be different. It should be different. And what that does is that actually is the ego's way of putting the blame somewhere. So there's somebody to blame for the way that it is. And there's the ego thought that if I were in charge, it would be different. If I were in charge, it would be different. But the thing is, we're in charge of what we project. And if we're thinking that it should be different, then what we're doing is we are literally denying the flow of love because the flow of love 
is in divine order. The way that things are, are a byproduct of our individual thought and our collective thought. The most powerful tool we have is our thought. And very often we do not invest our thought wisely. So see if you can look for the thoughts that you're thinking that are limited thoughts, thoughts of lack and attack about the relationship. What are some of the thoughts of lack and attack that you're thinking in this relationship? What are some of the limiting thoughts? Now, you can really help yourself out and have a huge healing here. If you're just willing to take a couple of minutes and write some of them down. So write down some of the thoughts that you're thinking that are thoughts of lack and attack and limitation about yourself and the other person in this relationship. What are they? What are these thoughts of lack and limitation that you're thinking? So if you're listening on the download, you could pause here and take some time to write this down. Maybe this is a show you want to come back and listen to again if you're listening to it live. When you look at those thoughts of lack and attack, can you see that you're experiencing them? either in your mind or in form. I bet you can. So, are you willing to shift your mind? Because many times we'd like it to be different. Oh, we just wish it would be different. We're wishing and hoping it would be different. And what we're blaming, oftentimes we're blaming other people for the way that it is. But that's not going to make it different. The only thing that's going to make it different is love. Love is the only healer that there is. So, yeah, you can go into relationship counseling. That's quite effective very often in increasing the flow of love. And releasing the tension and the negative lack and attack thoughts and getting some real loving communication going. But it's not that therapy is the healer. Love is the healer. Love is always flowing. And when we have opportunities to be a loving presence in our own life and in our relationships, but we say, oh, I'm not interested in that right now. I'm only interested in my attack thoughts right now. I'm interested in trying to control and manipulate them. I'm interested in my thoughts of should and should not. Then we're going to experience the frustration, the irritation, the anxiety, the worry, the doubt, the blame, and the shame, because that's what we're investing our precious intelligence in. This is why I offer the Finding Freedom Boot Camp class. The next, we just finished one. The next one starts in November because people are amazed at how when they really get into the doing the work in a boot camp way, they can profoundly change their life and their relationships in less than two months. Less than two months. Reading a book isn't going to change your relationship. It's just not. How could it? It's you changing your mind and thinking different thoughts. So it's about getting clear. In the fear and conflict section in chapter 2 of Course in Miracles, Jesus says in paragraph 4, the correction of fear is your responsibility. 
When you ask for release from fear, you're implying that it's not. So here's one of the things that we do as human beings. I know I've done this. So we, we work ourselves into a mess, right? We work ourselves into a relationship that's just a mess, <laughs> Right. You know, I, I, I know uh, in, in my family, my grandmother would say it's a God awful mess. Right. God awful mess. <laughs> I don't even know where that comes from. That's funny. And so we work things into a mess and and we're in despair. We're trying to control and manipulate, and manage and cope and do all of those things. But there's no path to happiness with those techniques. The ones that have been handed down to us from our ancestors generation to generation. So we're, we're trying to use tools that are not effective. We're trying to use the tools. They're not tools. They're actually weapons. They're destructive. The blame, the shame, the control, the manipulation. Love is the only healer. Love is the major tool in our toolbox. So, When we're feeling upset, if we can train our mind, and I know that we can because I have, to look for the loving thought, the loving choice, it will only appeal to us if we value love, right? So we're moving to this place of having the willingness to see the loving choice and valuing that. One of my... Everyday prayers for many years was help me to value the loving choice and then help me to see the loving choice in all situations and circumstances. Help me to only be interested in the loving choice. Let me please, please, please turn away from the habits of lack and attack. So we ask, we go to God and we say, help me with this relationship. Help me make it different. But we're not willing to change how we hold it in our mind. It can't be different. It can't be. See, because our mind is so trained to try to manipulate the circumstances of our life rather than change our mind, we'll even try to coerce God into helping us change the circumstances rather than change our mind. Do you get that? Do you find yourself begging God, pleading with God to help you change the circumstances of your life? And in doing so, you're completely disowning and denying You had a hand in creating those circumstances. So this is why one of the fastest paths to our spiritual awakening is cultivating spiritual maturity, spiritual integrity, to accept responsibility for everything. Everything. Responsibility is different than blame. Blame has a judgment in it. Responsibility has freedom in it. <laughs> so that's why I say it's our response ability that we are cultivating. That no matter what the circumstances and situation in our life are, that we can always respond. That we can cultivate the ability to respond, our response ability. 
to respond with love, to respond with peace, to respond with harmony, to respond with an open heart that is available for true clarity, available for the truth. We're cultivating the eyes that can see, the ears that can hear, the heart that truly can feel the most loving choice. So this is cultivating our ability to respond. So that if, and here's the thing, if you find yourself in that begging, pleading, wishing and a hoping relationship with God, that God is somehow going to intercede and fix up your life for you, that instead you can just tune within, you can place your hand in your heart and say, this is my opportunity to become a spiritually mature being. This is my opportunity to cultivate that pristine awareness that will assist me in seeing beyond a shadow of a doubt what are the loving choices And I'm asking the higher Holy Spirit self to partner with me. I'm partnering up so that I have the strength of mind and the strength of heart to choose that loving choice regardless of what's going on. Regardless of what I've done in the past, I'm setting myself free right now. So again, it comes back to this is our spiritual practice. And if you'd like support with that, you can join me and be my daily prayer partner at jenniferhadley.com. I have a daily prayer. I record a new prayer every day, and I deliver it to your email every day, if you like, along with written inspiration. And you can sign up for that for free at jenniferhadley.com. And while you're there, you can also get my free Get Over It workshop that helps clear out so much. Lots of free stuff at jenniferhadley.com. I invite you to go there on the break, take a look around, and see what you can get for free. with childlike wonder what is the nature of god who is jesus what is the christ how do we know what we know when you ask these or other heart-centered questions about the non-physical intangible aspects of life you are on some level a student of metaphysics new from unity house and nearly five years in the making heart-centered metaphysics a deeper look at unity teachings is now available this is paul hasselbeck author of this quintessential study guide. Enjoy a deeper exploration of universal spiritual principles and truths, whether you are just starting or have been seeking for years. Each thought-provoking chapter of Heart Center Metaphysics speaks to truth seekers like you, providing essential tools to help elevate your consciousness and create spiritual transformations in your outer life and circumstances. Order your copy today from the Unity Online Store at www.unity.org. Then click on Shop. Somewhere, tucked away in the Unity Library archives in Unity Village, Missouri, you can find a secret treasure. They are the scripts from Unity co-founder Charles Fillmore's early days on broadcast radio. The teachings of Unity's founders, almost a 100 years old. Now, for the first time in history, you can hear them through the power of the Internet. Join Bob Brock every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern, 
for Unity Classic Radio, words from our past. Discover the wisdom of Charles Fillmore's talks and of other Unity Radio speakers read on the air again. Call in your comments and questions as Bob and his special guests revisit Unity Radio talks of the past, along with historical background from the early days of the Unity movement. That's Unity Classic Radio, words from our past, every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern, right here on Unity FM, the voice of an awakening world. been listening to A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk, with Rev. Jennifer Hadley. If you have a question or comment about today's program, or if you'd like to join in the discussion, visit us on Facebook at A Course in Miracles Pledge, where you can join with the community of like-minded people who have pledged to live A Course in Miracles every day in every way. Now, back to A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk. So today we're developing the spiritual maturity to decide to see. We're willing to see. (laughs) You know, and sometimes we have to decide and decide again and again and recommit. And for me personally, it's a daily recommitment. I recommit to my spiritual practice and my spiritual path many times a day because I forget. You know, my mind travels into judgment. And, you know, one of the things is is so many people are like I used to be, which is just judging so intensely all of the time that when I'm around them, my mind starts to pull towards judgment. And then I think, no, 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 hold the high watch here. Hold the high watch. So we're making this decision because I, I, I don't know about you, but sometimes when you... Uh, hold it in your mind that you're making a decision, you'll stick to it. So sometimes people will quit smoking. They'll make a decision to quit smoking, and that's it. They're done. Done, 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 done. You know, I don't know. Maybe you're like me. I decided to quit smoking, and I, I several times, <laughs> many times, but I finally ultimately did quit smoking for good. And I am so clear, I am not going to go back. So, and that's the way it is with being determined to see. We move to that place where we make a decision. So, and, and, and part of it is we have to be willing to take this responsibility. And at first, I don't know about you, but for me, that idea of responsibility initially was just horrible. I didn't want to take responsibility. Ugh. I always wanted to blame somebody else for my problems, my issues, my worries, and my concerns. I was always hoping to pin it on somebody else. And I discovered that there was such a great release and freedom and healing if I could simply take responsibility. So I began to do that. I began to cultivate the ability to respond with love. And so when I made a mistake, I would own up to it. 
When I was unkind, I would own up to it. When whatever it was, whatever mistake that I made, if I missed an opportunity to be patient, I'd go back and say to the person, you know, if I had a do-over, I would like to have been patient there, but I wasn't. And I can ask for forgiveness, but it's it's really taking ownership. And then what happens is you get in the groove and you're living in that place of true forgiveness where you're not judging yourself anymore. Because I don't know, my experience is that when I trained myself to be able to just own things right away, then I didn't have this festering sense of guilt or remorse or regret or any of that. And it's also part of being able to cultivate the ability, and this is very challenging for many folks, to speak up. To speak up without being demanding or unkind or blaming and to say, hey, you know what, let's take a look here and I want to own how I can be more loving. And then you be surprised how many circumstances people will say, you know, I could have been more loving too. But again, we're not giving that um, responsibility. We're not giving that uh, amends in order to get something from somebody. Anytime we're giving to get, we're in a manipulative state, manipulative state. And we don't want to coerce people and manipulate them and try to control them into having a clearer relationship with them because the two things are diametrically opposed. But we bring ourselves into alignment and into integrity. And you'll be surprised how almost everybody seems to get with the program. It's remarkable. When you get with the program, they'll line up. And one of the things that uh, I haven't thought about this for a while, but a lot of spiritual seekers who don't walk the talk, they're always trying to talk about the walk with other spiritual seekers. But once you really walk the talk, like really, really, really walk it, and you really live the love, you don't have to talk about it with everybody because you know it's all an inside job. So then you don't have to try to get anybody to read a book or take a class or listen to a CD or anything like that. It's simply you're doing your own thing and people will begin to realize, wow, you are inspired wow you are loving you are compassionate you are patient you are generous you are kind you are all of that and they'll be interested in how did that happen because they've watched you transform right in front of their eyes so the ego is always trying to put things out on other people. So the ego will talk you out of doing your spiritual practice, but convince you to go to somebody else's house and try to get them to read a book, right? But, honey, just stay home and read the book. Be in your spiritual practice. Put the book down. Be in your spiritual practice. Have a clear connection with the spirit. That's the most healing thing there is, is learning to partner up. And be in that space of partnership. So for me, I know one of the most beneficial things for me is the prayer. That's why I have my daily prayer. One of the most beneficial things for me is to be in spiritual community. 
Now, I've been in spiritual community for half my life, decades, right? And what I have found is it's only in recent years that I've been in spiritual community that's deeply nourishing and intimate and completely and totally loving. And why is that so? Because that's how I am able to participate now. So regardless of whether or not other people are running a racket, doing something, I can feel that there is this purity about it because that's what I bring to it. And that's what I get back. I, I've been in... Uh, Spiritual circle. I was in spiritual circle all weekend last weekend, as I am many weekends, and it's so yummy to be with like-minded individuals who are dedicated to non-judgment and to truly releasing all of the attachments. It's so liberating. It is the fastest path to our awakened state, to our healing. Oh. Let's take a breath on that one. How wonderful. So just before we we finish here, uh, I would like to invite you to look once again at the section in the text called Cause and Effect. It's Chapter 2, Section 7, and it immediately follows the Fear and Conflict section. These two sections are so helpful to me. These two plus the one on trust in the manual for teachers. I really invite you to read them over and over again. In the cause and effect section, this was so helpful to me. It says here, this is related to healing. And I I bring it up in part because that's the topic in living a course of miracles this time. And it says here in paragraph two, I cannot let you leave your mind unguarded or you will not be able to help me. Miracle working entails a full realization of the power of thought in order to avoid miscreation. Otherwise, a miracle will be necessary to set the mind itself straight, a circular process that would not foster the time collapse for which the miracle was intended. The miracle worker must have genuine respect for true cause and effect as necessary condition for the miracle to occur. Both miracles and fear come from thoughts. If you are not free to choose one, you would not also be free to choose the other. So think of it that way. When you're thinking of choosing a thought of lack and limitation, the thought arises and you can decide to get on it. You can decide to go with it or not. So in that moment of choice, when the the lack and attack thought arises in your mind, just know if you choose that, you will feel afraid. And if you don't choose it, if you choose love, you'll experience a miracle. Which would you rather have? So instead of begging God to provide a miracle, be the miracle. Instead of begging God to provide the miracle, be the miracle, choose the miracle, because it's all about your ability to respond to every moment with the choice for love. So let's put our hand on our heart right here. 
Oh, and be so grateful and so thankful for our time together. It's gone by so quickly, so grateful and so thankful to be the two or more who are gathered right now in the name and the nature of love. Love is all that we are, and love is all that we need. We are grateful right now to place on the holy altar fire of God's love every thought of lack and attack, limitation, separation. We place all of our relationships onto the holy altar, into God's hands. And we dedicate ourselves in being determined to see the loving choices in our life. We are setting ourselves free. Truly, we are finding freedom in our heart and in our mind, the only place that we can find them. In grace and gratitude, we share the benefits with everyone because we're one with them. Ah, and so it is. Amen. Amen. I love you. Have a great week and join me at livingacourseofmiracles.com this week with Regina Dawn Akers. Free classes for you, for everyone at livingacourseofmiracles.com. Have a great week.